both sides. That's that's awesome. So, but yeah, it's like um, it's like I was thinking about as I was sitting here as a hard little bean this morning. To go back to the bean analogy, um, it's like it just it's like I kind of remember my mom every time she would get ready to feed us beans and cornbread. You know, it's like she'd have this big pot, pour all the hard little beans in the water, and all night the little beans just soaked up the water. And I was like, going, water, it's like the Holy Spirit, man. Yeah? And I would just soak it in. And so my little bean is now just like, you know, is just like totally expanded. And as I said, I'm feeling swell now. Like, you know, bean swells. Um, it's how I see it. Uh, and so I feel like I've been in his presence, you know. And... Tomorrow, I could say, I could be a has-been or something. I don't know. Um, but anyway, you know, it's like I was saved during the Jesus movement, shocker, uh, back in the 70s. And one of the things, you know, we would say a lot is like, heavy. Man, it's heavy. You know, in God's presence, the word for it is actually kabod. It actually means heaviness. So it's like the Holy Spirit is always with us. If you're saved, you brought him in with, the, with you this morning. And thank you for that. Um, but sometimes, you know, as we're just like all focusing in on Jesus and God's glory manifests, and it's like, I call it pumpkin head. I'm like, whoa, my head feels like a pumpkin. I'm just all swollen, and I got the bean thing and the pumpkin head, and it's like an orange on a toothpick. It's just good stuff. So if you're not used to that, just keep on enjoying it. Um, so that's that's not a planned remark at all. None of that is, but... Uh, this morning, this morning I'm talking about biblical hospitality, but I thought, my goodness, what a boring name for a message. So I had to do something different. Randy's been preaching on the kingdom of God, and I thought, hey, uh, biblical hospitality, man, it's like, you know, it's like so much better than that. So, but I thought biblical hospitality, and then I started thinking about like. All my relatives are from the South, and so I was thinking, hey, better than Southern hospitality. But then I thought, then I'm just kind of advertising a country church or something. Uh, And then I remembered that the word for hospitality in in Greek actually means entertaining strangers or entertaining foreigners or welcoming welcoming, (laughs) welcoming, uh, foreigners and, and strangers. And then I thought you know, that's a pretty good title. It's like biblical hospitality, or what did I say? Biblical, no, kingdom hospitality. Yeah, because Randy's been preaching on the kingdom of God. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, So (laughs) biblical, no, kingdom hospitality, entertaining strangers. So after I got the message, the title for the message, I was ready for a nap because it was just exhausting. You know, I thought, man, now I've got to come up with something to say about all that. But, uh, but as I was looking at the biblical definition of hospitality in the Greek, it actually means lover of strangers or lover of foreigners. And the Greek word for hospitality is philoxenia, right? Philoxenia. So if you break it down, philos, like friend, and xenos, not the warrior princess, but actually a stranger. So you put that together then you have a lover of strangers. So, isn't that cool? Now, when we were young, 
What did your parents tell you? Don't talk to strangers. Stranger danger, yes. I think that's overrated, you know? I mean, I, I love to talk to strangers. Because once you start talking to them, they're not strangers anymore. They're your friends, you know? So uh, my dad, we worry about him. He had a stroke a few years ago. And he's fond of saying, I only got a little bit of brain damage. I'm saying, Dad, don't keep on telling people that. It's like, but, but he's, uh, he's pretty funny. It's like, that's not a bad thing. It's like, he's just, he's just uh, one of these guys who has never seen a stranger. And so, so I'm like running into people my dad knows all the time. And he goes, you're Barry. You've got three kids. You're preaching at a church in Castleton. You live in McCordsville. I'm thinking, do you know my social security number? <laughs> So I'm just like, yeah, just kind of back off all the information. But, but, I, but I, what I love about uh, kingdom hospitality is we need to move beyond a fear of strangers, but in the kingdom we're called to love strangers. You know what the fear of strangers is called? Xenophobia. Thank you very much. Scholar, all right? We don't want that. Uh, in the kingdom we should love strangers, make room for them, to turn strangers into guests and family through hospitality. Now, I want to ask you three questions. I can see you guys starting to sweat. It's always scary when a preacher asks a question because they're always some kind of trick question. And, you know, and I've sat where you're sitting and, you know, I'm usually one of the first to blurt out like, Arnold! And I say something, he's like, no, you're wrong. And I'm like, oh. It's like, and I feel some, yeah. It's like, exactly. So if you want to, you know, answer these questions. I promise I will not, you know, they're not trick questions, but we need to have a little interaction. So I do need feedback. Not that kind. All right. Number one, who is the most important person in this room right now? No, not really. Well, yeah, kind of, you know. We're glad he's here, right? We're glad. We're glad he's here. Who's the most important person besides Jesus? Stranger, visitor. We all are. Marcia Calhoun. That's awesome. All right. All good answers. All right answers. I love it. I love it. That was that went pretty well, right? You don't feel like I've insulted you or anything. You're not embarrassed. Okay. I saw the I saw the vicar of Baghdad this week. Did anybody else see him? He's in town. Like, he's been hanging out. If you see anybody with their hand raised, ask us about it later. That was cool. All right. Uh, so we're going to rule out God because God is here, and the Holy Spirit's here, and Jesus is here. But apart from God, who's the most important person? Keep looking around. All right. Okay. All good answers. Sound man. The sound guys normally only get attention when something goes wrong. And then they're like... You know, they're wild staring at them, you know, but it's like, okay, next question. What is the most significant ministry in the church? Huh? <laughs> they looked at you, Mike. <laughs> that was just like on cue. So what's the most significant ministry in the church? Anybody? Like, I mean, like, Outreach. In reach. Greeters. Greeters. Worship. Children. Marsha Calhoun. All of these. All good. All good answers. Okay. Um, 
okay. I think you guys are onto something. I, witnessing is probably thrown in there somewhere. Um, friendship? Did someone say friendship? I thought I heard friendship. <laughs> friendship? Yeah, that's. I think it's really cool because you know, when you're actually welcomed into something, you feel warmth and it's it's wonderful and and it's great. Um, Jay Hook and I have been having our own little Bible study. Give it up for Jay. He's back there. Woo! On Thursday nights. And we were studying uh, John 13:35. Do you remember what it said offhand, Jay? By this, all men, by this, all people will know. By this, all men will know that you're my disciples. Why? How? Totally cool. And everyone else that said yes by your love for one another. Uh, by this, Jesus said... Uh, people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So here's the deal. Here's what I found. Uh, it really doesn't matter how great the sermon is or isn't. You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, worship is wonderful, and, and we can come in and just, let's just be like little northern beans all soaking in the presence of God. But if people just look at, like, look at you and you're like, oh, this is my place. Who are you? What are you doing here? It's like, you know, it, it's... Some, for some people, it's over. It's like, got a lot of other stuff there, but I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel like you wanted me there. I didn't feel like there was room for me there. So, so I think it, it's a big deal um, for people to experience just an environment where they feel loved and celebrated. I, I love the story um, that Brennan Manning talks about his little spiritual director. Um, uh, actually, a little, it was a little Catholic priest who was Brennan Manning's spiritual director. And he was a little short guy. Um, and every time he would see Brennan coming for the spiritual direction time, and that guy lived in Florida, and normally he was out on the beach, and he would see Brennan from a distance, and this little old man would start just jumping up and down like a little kid. He's like, Brennan, Brennan, Brennan! You know, it's like, and, and Brennan said, you know, it's like I felt so celebrated. I felt so celebrated. It's like, you know, my friend is welcoming me. And it's like, um, you know, and, and at one point, as Brennan said, you know, it's like, what's so sad is so often in the kingdom of God, you feel tolerated, but you don't feel celebrated. And, and I think it's like everything we can do when we see each other, it's like, Robbie's here, Robbie's here, ah, there's Thomas, woo! You know, in whatever way that we welcome each other with just that love and that acceptance, that's a good thing, you know? Okay. I think I've got another question. Um, oh, back to Tina Turner. <laughs> Tina Turner sang a song. What's love got to do? Got to do with the... What's love but a second hand... What? Yeah, it's like, and she went on. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. Thomas has got it, man. He's got Jesus. He's got Tina, Tina Turner lyrics. It's good. Thomas is here. Yay. All right. So, right. but I would tell you, Tina Turner, love has everything to do with it. I'll tell you, Tina, I know you're a little jaded. Your little heart's been broken. Ike was not nice to you. But love has everything to do with it. That's how people know we're part of this thing. Uh, I've got um, a little couple that I'm... Uh, hanging out with on Thursday nights, and and um, 
they don't go to church here, so they're safe to talk about them. No, <laughs> but bottom line, it's a, it's a great story because um, the way they came to know the Lord um, is, is really through love. I mean, they were actually at a point where they had a couple little kids, and they were homeless, and they didn't know where they were going to go. And um, the guy said, hey, let's go over to my aunt's house. She's just, she's always loved me. And they went over to his aunt's house, and she hadn't seen him in a while. She's like, come in. What are you guys doing? They said, we don't have any place to stay. He said, you do now. And she just basically opened up her home. No questions asked. It's like, just totally loved on him. And it wasn't too much longer, maybe several months later, that their aunt uh, got really sick, and, and she died. And um, in the meantime, their aunt's brother and sister also started loving on them because they know they just these kids needed Jesus. And and um, one of her, one of her, this guy's aunt was diagnosed and got sick. The brother and sister were more concerned about this little young couple and how they were going to make it than even about their sister dying because she loved Jesus and that was all good. And at some point. After the funeral, he looked at his wife and he said, I want what they have. That's how they got saved. It was through love. It was through this, this welcoming in and just just come on in. No questions asked. We'll, we'll love you. Um, that stuff, man, that excites me. Um, so, question number three. How does a person experience warmth? on any given Sunday? Fire. Fire. Good. It's always warm in here, huh? Sun. Hugs. Jesus. Jesus, a smile. Coffee. Good. That's good. Hmm? Earmuffs. So we have like physical things that bring warmth. We have kind of warm, fuzzy, emotional kind of interactions with people. We experience warmth in a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's just, hi, what's your name? John. Hi, Johnny. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. Hey, in case you're new, bathrooms are down this corner. I know sometimes you just need to know that. I found out where they are, and I'll show you around. It's like there's coffee over there. Uh, Do you have any questions about how service normally goes? It's it's well it's normally a lot better when Randy's here. It's like I'm I'm a random guy every now and then that just Randy winds me up and I just kind of bounce around in my office for like a month and he lets me out every now and then, and so that's what happens. But just just interacting and and loving and so it's like so we're friends now, right? We're just kind of hanging out. And, and sometimes it's as simple as like, hey John, are you here by yourself? Can I sit by you? Okay, so I just come and I just sit by you and go. How you doing? Doing well, Barry. Man, you're a great guy. Thanks, Perry. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming today. Hey. It's scary to go to church. It can be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me know if people don't treat you right. Okay, I will. I'll rough them up right. for you, okay? Yeah. I hope you want. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, John. I have Tic Tacs in my pocket. I learned that from a Seinfeld episode because I can be sneaky and I wanted to let people know where I am at all times, okay? Mark 9.37, if you're paying attention. 
I just threw it out there. All right. Um, someone asked Jesus, who's the greatest? And he really answered question number one. Who is the most important person in the church? Jesus said, whoever welcomes, welcomes, did I say welcomes? One of these little ones, one of these little children in my name welcomes me. Now, in the immediate context, he's actually talking about physical little children. I loved having the little Anderson children dancing over here, and, and it was just wonderful. And so I can, I'm really tall, so it's like for me to dance with a little kid, it's like I look like Quasimodo after a while, you know, but it's fun. Um, but it's like if you broaden the context of the rest of Mark 9, actually the little children really become like people who are newbies, or they're new believers, or they're actually just seeking God, and they're looking for God, and they're trying to find God. And a lot of times, people who are looking for God actually go to church to try to find God. Do you think every time a person goes to a church, they find God? Not always. Marcia, you are in the zone today. <laughs> that is so true. I mean, sadly, people come, and you know, and they're like, where's God? Well, I think if they came today, they'd be like, whoa, I'm a bean. You know, it's like I'm, I'm feeling swell. I got pumpkin head, and I don't know why. On a related note, it's like I love going to the dentist whenever they put that big lead apron on you. And, and it's like, isn't that a comforting thing? I feel like I've gone back into the womb or something. It's just this very comforting thing, and I'm like, put those hard little things in my mouth all you want as long as you give me the lead apron. Because I think about the kabod, that, that warmth, that closeness. Yeah, yeah. Well, not everyone enjoys the lead apron. You, know, you don't really have to be picking on that and eating anything outside. But, but it's just important. Um, so, you know, so really, the most important person is really the one that Jesus said, whoever welcomes one of these little ones, my name welcomes me. So just make people feel welcome. Go up to people and like, are you new? No, I've been here 20 years. I go to first service. I'll go, oh, but I don't know you either. That's okay. All right, let's get, become good friends. Welcoming others in love is what the Bible calls hospitality. Um, I think it's time for a dictionary definition of hospitality. The friendly reception and treatment of guests or strangers. Receiving and treating guests and strangers in a warm, friendly, generous way. Well, I think Jacqueline, who's our community pastor, would be glad for any of you guys to be our designated welcome wagon. You know, so just the more the better. You know, it's like just make people feel really comfortable. A few years ago, I really uh, started thinking a lot about what Jesus said about going and preparing a place for us, right? Like if I go away, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I think, you know, one of the greatest things we can do as believers is actually preparing places for people to meet God. If that's just in our own heart, if that's as we're, you know, going through the grocery line, if that's when you're here on a Sunday morning and, and you're just welcoming and you're just trying to provide a place for people to find God and meet God. You know, that's a good thing. Preparing a place for people. Making room for people. 
in Hebrews uh, 13.2, what's really cool is if you have like a hospitable heart, sometimes you luck out and you entertain an angel. Anybody ever just like, I mean, you can kind of put your hand not all the way up because you may, people may be scared, but if you feel like, you know, I've, I've been touched by an angel. You know, or it's like, or I really had some kind of like, I really think I had some kind of angel interaction. Like, all right, that's good. I mean, I'm, I, mean I believe I have too. It's like, and, and, and most of the time it was just me just being nice to someone, and all of a sudden something supernatural happened, and then they were like, you know, it was almost like, you know, a little kung fu smoke ball thing, and they were gone. Where did they go? They just vanished. So, uh, Hebrews 13.2, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. Now, the angel's not going to say, Oh, by the way, I'm an angel. Thank you for your hospitality. Sometimes you're a little coy. I mean, like Jesus was like, you see this pretty much throughout the Bible. It's like sometimes God's just showing up and he's incognito. You don't really know it's him. It's like Jesus sneaking up on the guy's road to Emmaus. What are you guys talking about? Ah, Messiah. Ah, like Messiah. It's like, don't you know anything, dude? Like, they're saying this to Jesus. And, and <coughs> he basically is going, you know, after some point, he kind of lets them know. It's me. Wow, that's so cool. So sometimes God just sneaks up and, and he's here and we don't even know it. So it's really important to be nice and be kind and, and welcoming. Uh, it's always good. <coughs> See, hospitality was huge for Jesus and, and I think the main reason it was was because the world wasn't a very hospitable place for him when he came. In John 1, it tells us that Jesus came into a world that neither recognized him nor received him. He came as a stranger into our world, and our world showed no hospitality. Excuse me? Is there room in the inn? You go out back, hang out in the stable... God bless you. <coughs> Ephesians 2 reminds us that we were all strangers. We, before we kind of got invited into God's family, we all were strangers and aliens. Romans 12, 13 tells us to practice hospitality. But not only that, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Um, Christians are to show hospitality to everyone, even our enemies. Wow, you were really nice to me, and I wasn't so nice to you. Maybe I want what you have, right? See, churches have this problem that we can become so inward-focused that new people are completely ignored. We're all having a good time, and we're all, like, having pumpkin head and whatever. It's like, and then this other person like, I don't know how to have pumpkin head. I don't even know what pumpkin head is. Please explain. My head feels really heavy. You've got pumpkin head. Let's talk. Let's go have lunch. See, we've got to work on this ministry of hospitality. Without it, I don't really think the church is being the church. Now, 
The Bible also tells us to practice hospitality without grumbling. So I have a great clip to show you from What About Bob? And in this clip, we find a hospitality-depraved Bob showing up at Dr. Leo Marvin's vacation house. Now, Dr. Marvin's wife, Faye, is being very kind, as well as the children. But Dr. Marvin, played by Richard Dreyfus, practices a grumbling form of hospitality. Let's check it out. Oh. Is this hand shocked? Mm-hmm. Would you like some more chicken, Bob? Mm. Leo, do you want the breast? No, 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 that's fine. Eat up. Biscuits, great corn, great potatoes. You want some more salad, Bob? Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> Pile it high and deep, will you please? Did you get that tomato off there, please? See salt and pepper. Is there a salt substitute? <laughs> I'll get it. Mm -hmm. And don't call me Leo. But you said in your office that I could call you Leo. That was in my office. In my home. I'd like you to call me Dr. Marvin. Uh, I, I will just tell you especially young men, if your wife cooks for you and you do that, she'll keep cooking for you. Right? I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like where if, if you're a guy and you cook and people come over, you know, like, you know, Gideon Sarah, you go over to someone's house and, you know, some guy would, cook, it's like, mmm, so good. Mmm, mmm, like, I mean, you'll probably invite you back. Like, these guys like my food. Make sure you like the food, you know. If you do, but no, it's it's all good. But anyway, um, but as you see, it's like you can practice hospitality, but yeah, in the wrong way. Most of us are familiar with the dinner party where Jesus was invited to a Pharisee's house in Luke chapter seven. 
uh, and the party is basically crashed by a prostitute who came in pouring expensive oil over Jesus' feet and, and, just, and just crying, and, and just her tears are just pouring over his feet and wiping with the, her hair. Um, but what you see Jesus being critical of the Pharisees was not so much because theologically they were all messed up, but because they got hospitality wrong, and they weren't gracious, and they weren't hospitable to this woman uh, or to him. First Peter um, 4, 7 through 11 says, The end of all things is near. Therefore be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Verse 9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. All right, why offer hospitality? Two quick reasons and then we're done. Number one, it's commanded. The Bible tells us to do it, so it's a good idea to do it. In First Peter, um, see that in First Peter four nine, but also Romans twelve nine through thirteen says, "Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord." Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Yeah. To elders and pastors, uh, we hear this from the Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 2. Here's a trustworthy saying. That's how I hear it. Someone's like, hey, here's a trustworthy saying. Do you guys read the Bible like that? Or is it, here's a trustworthy saying. Right. Anyway. I think that's cool. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. Titus 1.8 actually repeats the same requirement for hospitality. On to widows. We see this in 1 Timothy 5, 9 through 10. No widow may be put on the list of widows... And yes, my friends, there is a list of widows out there somewhere. Unless she is over 60, has been faithful to her husband, does not act like Dr. Leo Marvin, all right, and is well known for her good needs, such as bringing up children, showing hospitality, washing the feet of the saints, helping those in trouble, and devoting herself to all kinds of good deeds. Um, so... Very important, so much so that they said, you even can't get on this list if you don't practice hospitality. It's really, really a big deal. Now, hospitality is commanded throughout the Old Testament. Leviticus 19.33 says, When an alien or a stranger lives with you in your land, do not mistreat him. The alien or stranger living with you must be treated as one of your native-born. Love him as yourself. For you are aliens in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Now, in the Old Testament, hospitality was expected. You know, if you were a traveler, you would go to, go to the center of town kind of at the end of the day, and you would just be like, boy, am I hungry. Gee, I wonder where I'm going to stay tonight. Did I, did I mention I'm so hungry? 
Oh, it sure would be nice to get these old feet washed. And thankfully, there weren't like tumbleweeds and crickets. You know, people are like, oh, come to my house. <laughs> come to my house. It's like, welcome. Um, and, you know, that was expected. What I thought was interesting, a couple of weeks ago, Randy was preaching on sending out the disciples two by two. And in both Matthew 10 and in Luke 10, basically Jesus kind of twisted it around and he said, look for a man or a woman of peace. And he told them to travel pretty lightly. So he basically said, you know, depend on the hospitality of others. Oh, and by the way, the level of hospitality that you're offered is probably going to be a major indicator of who really is a man or a woman of peace. Now, I think probably in each of our lives, um, <clears throat> we need to be giving hospitality, but we also need to receive hospitality. I, I know some of the people that have been hungry for God that I've met along the way will just say, man, I would love to spend more time with you. Would you come over and hang out with me sometime or visit me at work or, or come play golf with me or whatever? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. Which of those you want to do first? You know, but the deal is, it's like sometimes people are just inviting us in. And while we're in, I mean, it's like they're just hungry. And we need to just receive their hospitality, and, uh, and good things uh, really begin to happen. Um, Romans 15, 7 says, Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Now, I, I love being a part of the vineyard because a long time ago, there was this great catchphrase at the vineyard. Come as you are. You will be loved. Here's the deal. If you can't make it in a vineyard, you probably can't make it anywhere else in the kingdom of God. Because so many other churches have like a different saying. And that saying goes something like, become as we are, and then you'll be loved. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, I, what I love about this place is, you know, clearly you, you let me in. <laughs> we'll let anyone in around here. And it's awesome because we're like, hey, man, we, we need Jesus. And, 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 and I remember when Trish and I uh, first um, moved to the Dayton area and we were interviewing at this church and it was the first time I was going to be a senior pastor and I was like trying really hard to kind of go, all right, let me answer all these questions right. You know, we're being interviewed and and after a few minutes, you know, I'm answering questions, people asking a lot of questions. And at one point, Trish said, hold on, hold on. You're asking us a lot of questions. It's our turn to ask you questions. I'm like, hey, we were coming off a tough assignment in Cincinnati. I was pretty toasty. I really needed the job, you know, and it's like, I'm like, there she goes. My wife does not hide her feelings and she's going to speak the truth in love and it's either going to end really well or not so well. And she's like, okay, we're going to come, and we're going to do everything we know to do to help you guys be this great church. But what are you going to do? What are you willing to do? What's going to help us grow? What's going to help us be healthy? What's going to... Well, time for a little feedback. I'm like, woo! You know, and then people start talking. And it, and it kind of shifted because we started seeing we're a family you know and it's all it's up to all of us together working together and 
after a while, I started feeling like, okay, I felt like my mask was slipping off anyway. And I thought, you're going to pretty much find pretty soon the emperor has no clothes anyway. <laughs> so I'm just going to be honest. And at one point, they, um, they asked me, they said, so what kind of church would you like us to be? I said, hmm, that's a good question. I said, well, I would like for us to be a place that if someone came to church and all they can do is sit and cry, that that would be okay. And we wouldn't try to fix them. And we wouldn't try to hush them or shush them. Uh, I would like it to be the kind of place where if someone couldn't even sit, but maybe they just had to lay down and cry. And just just kind of let it all out. That we, we wouldn't be going around trying to shush them and saying, you're interrupting the flow as beans are trying to get soaked up. And I said, and I guess I'd want to be at a church if I could be that guy sometimes. Well, Wilma Booth, <laughs> she's one of the elder's wife, and she goes, I want us to be that kind of a church. <laughs> and we're all crying, and we're like, yeah, that would be so good. And so we kind of, by God's grace, became that kind of a place, you know, where we just loved each other and we celebrated each other and we were just so hungry to hear from God through each other and it was it was really cool um, so why offer hospitality number two it develops community koinonia this great fellowship the Bible's full of all these one another's you know um, love one another pray for one another bear one another's burdens on and on and on it go uh, last week, Jensie Gibson taught our students. Um, what happened? Yeah, yeah. She taught our students last week about connecting in the church, and and she said, you know, when we compare, it's really hard to connect with other people. But when we really just love each other and just connect with God and connect with each other, it's such a better place. And then she shared this scripture from Acts two forty six through forty seven, where it says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, um, we want to have this, you know, this hospitality where we're all like, wow, this is good. I want what you guys have. Um, a lot of times... You know, you can go, though, and, and it, like I mentioned before, visiting a church can be a scary thing, especially if you go into a new church. And I heard this really cool story, and we're going to probably close with this. But sometimes pastors find themselves visiting another church. And uh, here's a story I had heard. A pastor from England actually said, While in Portland, Oregon, I experienced one of the most moving acts of hospitality in my life. Vicky and I were visiting some friends of ours who led a church there. We were running late to our friend's church, and when we got there, the church was in full swing. All the hard little beans were already starting to soak in everything. It was really good. 
Dickie and I walked in the door, and one of our friends was playing the drums, and she saw us come in the door. When she did, she immediately dropped her drumsticks in the middle of a song while the rest of the band kept playing on and ran toward us to greet us and gave us a hug. I think that would be cool. I think Randy would be totally cool with that. I think we'd all be cool with that. So Lauren Lemmy's back here doing his deal, or even Clay is up here leading, and it's all of a sudden, it's like someone comes in, and you're like, excuse me for a second, keep going. Yay! <laughs> right? That's awesome. I think that's so cool. He said, I felt so loved and that someone actually did care about me. Isn't that interesting? A pastor felt like, someone cares about me? It made such a big impression on me that I couldn't get over the fact that she just dropped everything at the drop of a hat to come and greet us. Well, why don't we stand together? I'm just going to read a familiar scripture Jesus said in Matthew 25, 35 through 36 and verse 40. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. So I have some homework for you before we pray. All right? Practice hospitality. I came up with some ideas. Take someone out to lunch today. You guys are probably hungry. It's 1 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. You're really hungry. Sorry about that. <laughs> Especially if like you're visiting today. It's like, does this guy ever stop? Well, Randy stops. Barry, you never know. All right? So take someone out to lunch. You're going to eat anyway. Uh, maybe invite someone in to your home this week. Maybe if those two things don't work, then you go, hey, I just got this assignment. I'm really not ready. I don't have enough money. Well, you don't have to say that. Maybe you do. But next week, I would like you to come to my house and have lunch. Or next week, can we go to Wendy's after the service? My goodness, you've been sitting beside me for three years. I don't even know your name. I'm so sorry. Can we have a Wendy's Frosty together? Yeah, um, you know, maybe it's just something as simple as like, I'm just going to become a part of the unnamed welcome wagon at the vineyard. I'm just going to welcome everyone. Are you welcome? So glad you're here. Sit by people like John and I had a little visit earlier. We've got this coffee bar opening up. Become a barista for Jesus. Make it the coffee, right? We want this place to be like Olive Garden. You know, when you're here, you're family, right? So uh, so I want to invite the, the ministry teams to come forward, and we'd be glad to pray for you with uh, anything you need prayer for, but let's, let's, uh, let's close with prayer. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, God, that uh, this is a place that, um, that we feel your presence, and we also feel love from one another. And uh, God, I pray, especially with, there's anyone who uh, is visiting with us today.